Okay, okay. I guess it works. Oh, I, I uh, apparently yeah, yeah. I've been using I the, I've been using this number for many many years, and there's like really old calls on it. So I'm running out of space. I get, I'm going to have to start deleting oh. all that 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 early yeah. stuff. Um, I've been using the same uh, call facility, and um, of course you, you you have those calls you just download them. Somewhere else. Right. It's a pretty good one. I, I like this one. Yeah, this um, works pretty well. Let me know, by the way, if it bothers you. I'm walking outside. So I thought I'm it's a little. It's a little windy. It's a little windy, but I think I can get past it. Okay. <laughs> just let me know if it's too windy. I'll find a, a spot because I'm just by the okay. water. So. Is it? Is it? So how's the see. weather? Is it? Yeah, it's still it's it's been weird here. Um, it's still really cold, and there's like a bit of ice and snow around. Okay. Um, the water is open, but uh, the spring just doesn't want to start, so <laughs> it's been a bit weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I've heard that they're controlling mm. the weather. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, oh yeah. yeah. So a couple of things right off the bat. Um, I love. I I just bought the an international bill of rights uh, of of the rights of man. I should say. Mhm. I just went and bought it because I read the uh, preface. Yeah. And it blew me away. Yeah, it was really good. It's really good. Right, the first two pages is like okay, this is uh, this is serious stuff. I bought it. I bought it immediately upon reading the preface, and it'll be here in a couple of days. But I'm telling you, everything in that preface is speaking to that small religious estate that they're using for um, to keep the peace. Yeah. Spiritual it's, heritage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the, the, these that type of books and uh, really. Even the case law um, opens up in a total different way when 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 you can see what the words actually mean when there's conflict. Right. But it's so weird when what I've been struggling with is that why is it so hard? Um, why do you, why why does everybody use this secret language <laughs> except you? <laughs> I I don't know. It's like I Yeah. It's strange. You um you have you have me looking at things um more at an international level now. Um and 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 that so when I got involved with looking at Blackstone and some of the the earlier um, British or English uh, law, when when I I stumbled across you know the, the Blackstone's commentaries or three, the one quote that I cannot get out of my head now, and I mean mm-hmm. it stuck is is no fiction shall extend to work and injury. Yeah, it's proper. It's proper operation 
being to prevent a mischief or remedy an inconvenience which might result from the general rule of law. And I went, oh, my God, the general rule of law is the cut. It's the material that they place in that KDKV as the small religious estate. And so they're saying that if this cut occurs, creating a general rule of law, then they, they can use this, this statute, this fiction, to fill that hole, fill that gap, um, like gap insurance, to, to fill it. But they, so they create this birth certificated statute that fills that hole. Because, and here's the other, here's the other biggie, I, wanted, I didn't want to forget this before we started talking, horror vacui. In physics, yeah, yeah, was... horror vacui or plenism is stated as nature abhors a vacuum. So they create a space-time filler for, for, the, for that time in the womb that we have abandoned. And then they offer it back to us as a um, prosthetic, yeah. as a prosthetic or, or as a prescription. The church is a prescription using scripture in advance, Jesus, or the state then uses this prosthetic to, to, to attach to us um, to fill that void. But either way, the statute itself is created to fill a hole, to fill that void, to fill that vacuum. And ultimately this, when Blackstone says no fiction shall extend to work an injury, it means that the fiction itself cannot create the injury. Yeah. That's it. And now I'm using Blackstone in my next letter to say, sorry, but from fertilization to last breath, I'm whole. I don't need that statute to fill a hole that doesn't exist. It's um, the the frustration um, now for me is that when we can see how this works, um, and the, the, this this. When you can read the words and know what they mean, um, you should be able to argue these these questions quite quite easily, actually, uh, because it's all over the place. One of one of my favorites is the um, exceptional circumstances, which basically overrides everything. If, if something is um, unfair or if there are exceptional circumstances in law, it overrides everything. But they never define what that might be. And, of course, you know, when you look at these words, um, it, it basically it means that if somebody brings up or makes it known that they have the knowledge of what, what's, what's being discussed, then um, all those statute books um, can be thrown out the window doesn't apply anymore and that's the weird thing because when you realize and you can see how this how this operates the system operates the design is fair i have to say it the design is fair 
but the people running it are stuck. They don't accept fairness of it. So, so I'm I'm not saying that the that the that, that the the cut itself and you know the way people get sucked into this system is fair. It shouldn't happen, but um, but the system still offers all of the ways out if you know what's actually happening. But then it it becomes frustrating and unjust when the people who are supposed to be in those positions to make that judgment don't know or refuse to accept the knowledge or somebody having someone having that knowledge that's the that's the strange part of it because i I've, I've some of these some of these letters and this correspondence we've been having is with people who know exactly how this works. They have to know. You know, you look at these letters and what they wrote, write back. Uh, and that's that's the difficult part. That that's why I I, I wanted to sort of. Uh, reflect here in this call uh, something about these solutions or sort of, sort of the, the application of how this knowledge can now be used. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, that's what I've been doing prior to this, knowing that you and I were going to have this conversation, was I took my copy of um, right-of-way. I took my copy and I started writing all the notes um, like horror vacui and, and what have you, in this, so I wouldn't forget what needs to go into a, we'll call it maybe a cover letter or a note. Um, because I'm going to use, I'm going to use this book and the raw audio truly as a, as a testament, as a testimony. And it doesn't matter who's using it, because just because I'm saying it doesn't mean it doesn't apply to every living, breathing, spiritual being, you know, supreme being that's, that's here today. But um, I, I'm still struggling with the fact that, that, that are, do these people recognize it? They won't. They won't publicly. There's no doubt they won't publicly because the entire public is built upon the decedent estate. The public itself is yeah. built upon the decedent estate. The public funding is built upon the decedent yeah. trust. So if you if you eliminate the trust, which you do with the truth of the matter, yeah. you eliminate the trust, you eliminate the res of the trust, let's put it that way. Once you yeah. eliminate the substance of the trust, then their character that is that 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 is based upon or founded upon the, their paper character, their representative character, um, it disappears. And now they have no way to pull anybody into their admiralty law-based commerce um, mm. to, to fund the public. It's built yeah. upon the lie. It's built upon the fraud. But, but I think your biggest concern might be that the people that are that – are, involved with this so-called trust are all in breach of trust 
the moment you identify all present and accounted for from fertilization to last breath, because they don't know what to do with you. That's it. That, that's, that's absolutely correct. So, and by the way, they are not in breach of trust if you don't make them, if you don't uh, put have a trust information. <laughs> no, no, if you don't have a trust. Yeah. But, um, so the way, the way I see the trust is that because of the ex-injuria and right. um, the lack of consent and, um, you know, the principle of survivorship and all these this number of things that make the trust void if you know how it was created. However, if that knowledge is not put for, forward, then uh, the, the trustees or the administration relies on what, uh, what the substance of the paper, the paperwork, which, which, which implies that the trust is there and it, it is valid. So it, it's ultimately a question of is the trust valid or not? And if you put forward the, the knowledge and the facts and you show them that this is not valid, it cannot be, then when that knowledge is put through to them as uh, people who are in a fiduciary um, under fiduciary obligations or in fiduciary relationship with that, that trust structure, then they, that, that knowledge of it being uh, void or fraudulent, that creates um, a constructive trust on them. And that's the liability that they are afraid of. Because they can say, that there is no liability on us if they can pretend that they don't know or if they do not actually know. And I think that most of them do not actually know. They never thought about this. And they, ne they, they never put together all these puzzle pieces from all these different places. Even the documents are all over the place. They are in different, with different archives and different actors and nobody really has the full visibility but once we collected them then we can see the full picture and we can say that look i have the evidence they can, they they keep repeating to me that look anything that other officials say meaning that all of the paperwork that they get from others um they have no reason or actually no um power to say that those would be untruthful because they are, quote-unquote, publicly reliable documents. Once, a, once uh, one um, official gets a paper from another official, they just, they just say that it's, uh, and in their rule books, those papers are publicly reliable information, and they cannot, um, they cannot say that they are not valid. Um, so, and that, that's inbuilt in the system. So basically, the only thing that happens when we make them know that there is something wrong with this structure, 
then they had there's two there's there's two things that happen. First of all, the constructive trust arises. Just like somebody who, you know, I use the the example a couple of times in I don't, I don't I don't remember if we talked about it, but with Crow, that um, you know somebody steals the bike and then the guy who stole the bike uh, sells it to somebody else, and then you just happen to see that guy riding the bike down the street, and you say, "Dude, that's a stolen bike. That's my bike." <laughs> and 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 then he says that, "Well, I, no, I bought this bike." He's like, he doesn't know. He's like, "No, dude, I I bought this from the guy." I paid for it. Everything is fine. And, you know, nothing happens before you make it known and prove that that's your bike. And, and, and from the beginning. It's your from bike the from beginning. the beginning. All right. Yeah. So th- and that knowledge creates the constructive trust for, um, for the, you know, the restitution to happen. Somebody's liable to return it to return to property. And, of course, you know, in this case, the property is not the physical property, it's the rights, it's the bundle of rights that the physical property evidences. Uh, it's, the, it's the right rights in the, in the repository, the repository of sovereignty. And so, so, so the property is is a bundle of rights. And, uh, but anyways, it, it gets very uh, confusing and complicated and technical uh, pretty quickly when you make that um, problem known. And then, <laughs> like, almost all of these officials, they just cannot start facing. They, 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 so, so, so the two things that, that happen when, when that, information is put out to them and they are made known um, or they are, they are made aware of that problem. So the, the constructive trust arises to someone and then they, their uh, public duty kicks in where they should make inquiries internally to make sure that the nothing fraudulent is going on. See what I mean? That's right. the public duty. That's the public duty. So they should actually turn around and say, hey, I got this information from this guy. Let's have a meeting internally. Let's call these guys. Let's pull in the paperwork. Let's see what this guy is saying. Let's see if it's valid or not. Because, you know, we're the ones making the claim. But they refuse to do that. Instead, you know, we see everything from silence to resignations to, you know, just flat out bullshit. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's how perfect. By the way, I'm going to agree with you or what you said early on. I'm not opposed to the potential um, this this the way to do business. I am opposed to the control. Meaning that yeah. if I if I place my trust, I'm going to say you know my my ability to uh, work internationally and be paid internationally. If I if I need this system to do that, that's not the problem. The problem is that 
I have to use a character that is born or created by some other in order to do that. So it becomes the conduit, the only way for me to get all the way through or to the international level, I have to use somebody else's creation. Um, the problem with that is that they will then um, take their share of of my earnings, my energy, before I ever have an opportunity to it. I I I'm I come from a different position. I say that their character is born b o r n e to my biology meaning that their character does not exist unless I do. They're saying that their character exists in spite of me. So the difference is, is I own everything I produce, and I can, out of the good, goodness of my own heart, offer it up later on um, if I want to as a uh, charity. Um, but their system is reversed. There's, there's is a communal or communistic system that pools all of it and only gives me back what they say is mine. There's a big difference. The same system is in place, but it depends where it originates. If it originates yeah. with me, I'm the owner. If it originates with their character, then I'm a beneficiary. I don't want to be yeah, a beneficiary. And <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the terms and conditions are unknown. <laughs> so they're just, the <laughs> they're just playing with this. Um, the way the law and statutes operate, and they are saying that because you act in a certain way, and because you don't understand the words you're using, then everything implies your conduct and your words imply that you accept this creation that we put forward for you to use. Um, but, but, but the content is not there at all. And it's ridiculous to claim that it is, because it isn't. <laughs> and, and then uh, the, the only thing that backs that up is lack of knowledge then. Um, and, and it's a very, very... Uh, how can anybody argue that lack of knowledge that results in some, some form of legal relationship or commercial relationship is somehow not fraudulent. Because what, what, what you could do is you could have a manual for this. Like, it doesn't need to be this complicated. So we have to dig for years to sort of backwards engineer how this stuff works. They could have it in a manual. Oh, look, read these two books and you know how to operate with this. If you want to, you know, what it means is that you take your rights or part of your rights and you park them in a trust and it starts from there. And you do it knowingly. You can do a trust instrument for it. You know, it needs to be worded like this. You need to consent to that. It needs to be done willingly. You know, it can be for a specific time period or, you know, how you, how you want to do it. Um, because basically, you know, if you have people who are incapacitated or who don't want to use this, then they have, you know, they have an easy mechanism to sort of enter, enter that arena or delegate those powers to somebody else to use for them. 
which is what the delegation of power should be. But instead, these guys take the knowledge, hide it, make it really, really confusing, and they claim that everything is available, and every, you know, all the remedies are there, and, you know. But then they don't actually respect that, because they can't, because they just tweak the system for their own advantage. And right. they can't handle the liability anymore. That's ridiculous. Well, the the and, and, design of the system is kind of intact, you know, but the way it's being operated isn't. I guess that's my take on it. There's, right, but, and you know, let, let, let's talk about the spiritual side of it later, but because there is that as well. But uh, you, you, you use the word incapacity um, just a minute ago, and I think that's huge. Because I think that when that cut material that is the res of the trust, the object or subject matter of the trust itself, the res, um, it remains forever a biological infant. It remains forever. Uh, it, it goes unchanged. It never changes. It never evolves. It, it is um, it's frozen in time and space on paper with a date. And it becomes the infant subject to, in my case, let's say 1 U.S.C. 8, uh, 1 U.S. Code 8, where it says person, human being, child, and individual, as including born alive infant. That is what allows Congress here to administrate everything. It's, and, and it's frozen in time on paper. Uh, while I evolve beyond it to 62-plus years, it remains forever the infant at incapacitated. And then you use the word regency or regent, um, basically guardianship, under guardianship. And, and they use the word safety or for safekeeping. So they're, they're using that biology that was cut off, or the human remains, that dies giving rise to a decedent estate, as, as the person, human being, child, or individual, um, that, that Congress has control over through, I'll use the word, ways and means, which is why I, I love the title right of way, uh, because when people understand what that actually means, um, it's, which is also in the book, but I don't think people really read these little notes. Uh, I'm just going to go to this because I think it's extremely pertinent to this conversation, well, the definition of right of way is huge. Mm. And, and it comes down to one simple idea, and it is this. It says the right of way uh, is the right to take precedence mm. over others. Precedence over others. First in line. First in time. First to be considered. And that's where, that's where sovereignty is. That's where the supreme being is. It's all of that stuff where there is no um, second or third party, third person when, when uh, the first exists. And that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get rid of this third party, third person combination or, or, or composition of matter that, that, that was patentable the placenta, the fetal paternal placenta, that was patentable, that allows these people to use a patented 
position uh, that includes my biology. I'm trying to eliminate that third person, third party tertium quid because I am 100% certain that it's that's the third world, third realm, third Reich yeah. that is controlling all of this um, present. They're using this third world person to control a first person narrative. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and, uh, and and they rely on people identifying as those creations. Because then <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They get, because then they get that, um, they, they, they subjugate then everybody under that. And it becomes a narrative. It becomes like history that is being written as they wish. Because everybody's just following this story. Um, <clears throat> it's... It, it's really, it's really crazy. I, I tried to, one thing I've been trying to reiterate and reiterate is like a really concise uh, couple of paragraphs where I explain what happens, what actually happens when the, 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 the presumption of the trust is created. And it's really the, the, the physical event from the delivery to the, um, to the registration. And it's, it, it, it comes out of the paperwork, because when you can see how they are designed and what the terminology there is, and basically what it can imply, then you can see how it can work if somebody knows that these documents that are being created actually can create a trust. And nobody believes that, or some people refuse to accept that, or perhaps they don't have all of the papers to see how those uh, link together. But um, I've been trying to sort of explain it over and over again because one one of the one of the tricky parts there is the is the uh, the, the res like what what is it actually because now of course the first thing is that the 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 organ the placenta the organ is there and once you understand what that biological material is and what does it evidence um, it's it's uh, nothing can be more direct evidence of sovereignty than that <laughs> so because because uh, it's a direct link to creation yes <laughs> Okay. It's, okay. It's that simple. It's a direct link to creation. It isn't from any other man, right? It's evidence of that. And 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 you know, you can, you can go straight to Genesis one, and to Dominion, and you know, all this, <laughs> if you want to, um, which is like, and that applies for everyone. Once you understand what what does it what does it mean. 
And how can you interpret that organ in any other way? Once, once, you, once you know how the early development happened from fertilization to delivery. Um, so everything is there. So now, what happens then? If what, that's the first thing you, if you see that 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 it's evidence. Now, secondly, <clears throat> once it is detached, only then it becomes a separate property, because because in law, uh, the body itself, the living body. Um, the physical body, uh, it, it's not property. So, because property is actually, it, it, it's, it's not the material itself. It's, it's the right relative to that material. Who can do something with that material? You know, if it's a car, you know, can you drive around with it? What can you do, buy and sell, whatever. If it's land, who can build on it, so, so on and so forth. So it, it's re- actually property is a question of right. So, so that property, once it becomes property from, uh, as a result of the, of the violent act. Um, mayhem. Mayhem. Mayhem, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> then... Uh, first of all, you have a piece of property which has, which evidences sovereign rights. Okay, that's, that's important. So now, but on the other hand, it's also human remains. It's also a body part. And if it's abandoned, then the official duties kick in whenever they find body parts abandoned somewhere. <laughs> so if we take a, take, a, take a totally different perspective, if I'm walking here in the park and I happen to find, you know, an arm <laughs> in the bushes, <laughs> right. you know, that triggers a lot of things and investigations and people would start doing things, right? Like, and like, the, back, like the back cover, like the, like the back cover of the book. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, 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 not, so now, uh, um, because it's abandoned, what immediately happens is that the, the lost property assumption kicks in, which is basically that, okay, it, it becomes property of the state because um, they have the duty to do something about that uh, body part. Now, what's the duty? Well, they have to get rid of it. They have to destroy it because the duty is to make sure that it doesn't harm anybody, that, that it doesn't create a health hazard. So that's the duty they have, and that's the only duty they have. However, can I, can I say something real quick before I forget? Mm, mm, yeah. What you just described is the separation of church and state. 
with the cut and with the human remains, the state has a duty over the material that has presumably been abandoned, Mm -hmm. which could be a biohazard. So the Mm -hmm. state now, separate from the living, breathing, spiritual man, the church, there's a definite separation Mm -hmm. now between church and state. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. That's 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 perfect. Um so so now they have they have that and what I've what I've found found out so so I I did a little detour here during the past couple of months and went back to the question of um crematoriums. And I know you you've you've um, you really opened that door um, uh, for me uh, in in your calls. Like I don't I don't remember when it was. Like probably like a year or even two years ago. So some of your calls you really went down to the you know the columbariums and the niche and all that. So I started digging into that and looking at it from the perspective of the of the paperwork. Like what could happen. If I'm just thinking about this as a, as a, you know, as a, as a body part found um, and assumed abandoned, so basically it would have to go. Uh, so first, first assumption would be like a forensic assumption that if there is a body part, there is someone who's dead because the body, you know, it's a dead body part. Even if it's an ear or arm, you know, you can make the presumption that, okay, somebody died. So now you have a decedent, or at, 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 at least a presumption of it, uh, because you have some evidence of it. Um, now the duty is to get rid of it. Now how is that done? Incarceration. Okay. So then I dig into how was the entire concept of um, uh, uh, the, the cremation uh, created, or how did it start? And you don't have to go. It's like it's not even hundred year old thing. There was obviously the discussions for it and the promotion for it started exactly at the same time as everything else, like late 1800s. But the guys actually started doing it. Um, like early uh, in Finland, like in the uh, early early 1900s, and then it actually really got going only during the war, because you know then they could start justifying that there's too many too many bodies and it's health hazards and all that, you know. So then they were able to actually um, put it in the legislation put it in the statutes and create a statutory duty to to do that. And then that created the uh, the duty for the um, uh, for the for uh, on the on one hand the the uh, cremation foundation and on the other hand the church itself to do something with that material. Now this goes perfectly and logically 
into the picture because basically what happens is only that um, the hospital just informs that there is a body part and the state doesn't need to do anything. They just say, okay, well, do what you got to do. They send it to the crematorium and then those guys burn it. And if it's an unidentified um, uh, uh, unidentified person or unidentified body part, then, you know, what can you do? Obviously, there's no other option. And that's even in the legislation. They say that that they have to still do that. They still have to cremate it. And then what do you do? You just sprinkle the ashes on the memory grove. And there are these memory groves um, <laughs> uh, next to any uh, crematorium, of course, where you just sprinkle the ashes and there are no stones or anything. It's like, you know, one big park where you just blow the ashes. Or you can, and it's even in the legislation, but you, or you can even dump it in the sea. Okay, so there goes the material evidence, or that part of it. Um, now, as we've discussed before, that doesn't matter because it's not viable. It's not necessary anymore for the living man. It's it's better evidence than navel, but. It's not necessary anymore. Um, however, that biological material, therefore, is not like physically, or maybe there are different uh, configurations, but at least what it seems to me that it's not, uh, you know, the physical material doesn't really need to be the rest. But the rest then becomes, because the, the the material itself is uh, destroyed. The res has to be the rights only. So it's an immaterial res. It's the bundle of the rights. And the only rights that can arise from that type of biomaterial is the sovereignty. And so when they park that into the trust, then in fact, um, and, and, and this was really interesting because there was just a, a parliamentary election in Finland. So people would go and vote. And when they vote, they vote in the capacity of, of the registered person. But they don't realize that, that, and they think that they have something to say, right? That they are exercising their... Uh, they're using their voice or their share of sovereignty or whatever they think. But the problem is that the sovereignty was taken from them when that trust was created, when those rights were parked in the trust and that trust was registered. And now, you know, if we stay with the church for a little while more, what happens is that now you have the biomaterial, which is in ashes and you have a um, bundle of rights that is being packaged under a trust under the guardianship of the state because the material uh, was abandoned 
and there was no um, will or testament. So then basically the last missing uh, piece is what do we call this trust? And that's when the church then obviously uh, having um, uh, the information that this there was someone who was uh, you know, found that day, the foundling, um, they have an obligation to um, uh, bless or uh, give a name to that whoever it was whose remains were found. And now when they do that, they organize the baptism. And the baptism, as as it's described in the ecumenical dictionaries, it's a ritual. So it's not a real, actual, tangible, legal or juridical uh, 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 event or action. It's, it's, it's a symbolic event. And since it's a symbolic event, the people who are participating participating in it don't actually exercise their 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 rights they are not the ones giving the name the church is and right. that's why the notification that i got the notification from the church to the uh, population register which at first they said that it doesn't even exist um that's why that paper when I pressed the church, they had to admit that, yes, the document is their document. They signed it, they own it, and they filled it. <laughs> and that's, that's the document that, that actually creates the registered person. So now the question, of course, was that how can you, how did, where did you get that right? How did the church get that right? How can you create that paper and sign it? <laughs> My parents didn't sign it, you did. Um, of course, they couldn't explain any of it. They couldn't even explain where did they get the information. Right. Um, but the, the existence of that document itself if you realize that how, if you ask the question of how, how can you even create that document? By what authority? It explains that they have to be actually the one uh, giving the name. So, um, and they give that name to something that they have some type of authority over which has to be the trust. And of course, if you look at it from the church perspective, you know, and, and the scriptures, okay, there you can make the connection pretty quickly that this is evidence of divine origin. So this has to mean sovereignty. They would know it. They're the ones who wrote the rules. And that's why the archbishops are totally silent when I've been sending this, this stuff to them or trickling it up to them. 
they don't answer to any question. By the way, the theological advisor to the archbishop replied to me, and he said he wrote me a really, really short note from his official email, just saying that thank you for this information. This was really interesting. <laughs> really? But, that's it? Yeah, that's it. I, I haven't been able to... I've, I've been trying to get him engaged a little bit more. But he did send me a note, just a quick note that, you know, thanks for all of this. This is like, this was really, really interesting. And he's the theological advisor to the archbishop. So, so, so there is some amount of interaction. And I, I, can, I can tell about a couple of other replies that I got. But it's almost like even these guys at that level are just about, start realizing what, what, how does this actually work? It's amazing. But now, so, so you can see, so, so that was not very concise. I, I think I talked like half an hour, but, but, but I mean, trying to explain that process, you know, it is something like that I can put on, on paper in like one page and send to people like, okay, look at this. This is what happens. And if you just dig out the papers that you have access to, it fits this picture. Let me, uh, let, me, let me add to that, just based upon what you just said about destroying that particular property. Um, Black's Law, 5th edition, the definition of wreck, W-R-E-C-K, says to destroy, disable, or seriously damage wreck to destroy well we already know that that's what happens to that biohazardous human remains left behind we know that um what's interesting is the second paragraph down for wreck w-r-e-c-k says goods cast ashore by the sea and not claimed by the owner within a year comma or other specified period comma <laughs> which in such case become the property of the state, which you did say earlier, but here's the best part. It goes on to say the term applies to property cast upon land by the sea, and then semicolon, jet sam, flot sam, or ligand. Now think about that. When they cut that material off at the belly button, and it falls, the fallen man, fallen angel, falls to the ground, that's Haslam versus Lockwood, 1871. What's weird is that they, they use these um, shipwreck terms um, to describe this material that has been found either floating in the waters or cast ashore. What's interesting is the word ligan, L-I-G-A-N. When I go to ligan in Black's Law on page 834, it says goods cast into the sea. Now, remember, that we're talking about the birth process, the tempest. Of, of from waters, mother's waters. It says, goods cast into the sea tied to a buoy. Goods cast into the sea tied, tied to a buoy so that they may be found again by the owners, comma, are mm. so denominated. We're talking about a denomination now. Mm-hmm. And remember, it says goods cast into the sea tied to a buoy. 
So there is a cord, a line, a chain that is attached to the goods, i.e. the unborn of animals, and it, on one end of it, is, I'm going to say the placenta, the goods. On the other end is a title or a denomination that is floating in the waters, subject to admiralty, that identify your property. And they're creating the title or they're creating the buoy that can be found still in, in the commercial waters. That's why it's subject to admiralty, because they created the buoy, the denomination. Now, I'm going to go to the word denomination in Black's Law, and it says the act of naming. <laughs> yeah. So it says a society of individuals known by the same, usually a religious society, the same name, usually a religious society, denominational institution, institution controlled or operated by a religious sect or organization and hence forbidden to receive governmental aid because of constitutional separation of church and state. So again, all, everything you just explained to me is still goes back to a shipwreck, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, and the property that is a result of that wreck is this material found floating attached to a buoy so that when they're out there discovering or helping find these lost souls that are lost at sea, that's the buoy that marks your property. Still attached to the umbilical cord, they're calling a mooring line. It's a mooring line that's attached to your property. But on one end is the buoy that identifies it in the, in the commercial seas. It's called the denomination, the act of naming. So there's a name floating on the surface that helps them identify whose property it is, but yet it's, it's all admiralty law, subject to admiralty law, and the law of prize, P-R-I-Z-E. -E. So everything so, you just described to me is very simply laid out in their, their, their uh, language. Yeah. Um, let, let, me, let me just, uh, I mentioned the spiritual side of it, but I, I just used that word to... to, to to mean that if, if you look at what the Bible says, um, I guess one of the concepts and messages there is that people need to, <clears throat> how do I put this, accept the fact of their origin and celebrate that and not try and invent something else, right? Um, now, how does that happen? So isn't that completely compatible with how the system operates, with what you just described, that because this evidence is there, and if it's missing, they would flag it, they would leave that boy there for people to find this truth about their origin and about their own status, in fact. But that requires, that leads directly to the acceptance 
that that the, you know this is not man's creation um, and that's why this 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 mooring line is there, but obviously they're not very forthcoming when somebody comes and says, "Hey, you know that's my employee, you know that's my property." So you know what do we do now? Because nobody, nobody was supposed to in their world. Nobody was supposed to do that, and and they seem to be, they seem to be kicking and screaming, and trying every trick in the book and inventing a couple of new ones, trying to sort of hold on to the, to the idea that you know nobody was supposed to figure this out. So let me let me let me before you go any further, let me add three things. Um, at Webster's Online, uh, ligan leads to lagan, L-A-G-A-N, and it says goods thrown into the sea with a buoy attached, so that they may be found again. What's interesting is the word buoy at Webster's says to raise the spirits of the buoy. To lift up your spirits. And finally, that goes hand in hand with what you were talking about, the destruction of this property. Well, knowledge of fertilization is also knowledge of such destruction, meaning that if you know fertilization is your godly origin and you allow this material to be destroyed, um, you're a participant, a willful participant. But if you have knowledge of fertilization as your direct link to God then you know that what was foliated or destroyed is evidence of your godly connection. And you don't need yeah. a middleman to reconnect you. You know, your, your clipped yeah. sovereignty is no longer clipped. Yeah, and you don't need the material itself either. Although, no, you, you don't know, need if, that. If you had it, it would be slightly more easy and, and probably the health benefits for not cutting it is, is probably also significant. But it's really the question of once you realize what that is, then it defines your rights. And it actually defines the fact that you have those rights. But they can say that since you don't know and you don't exercise those rights because you don't know you have them, therefore the presumption is that you don't have them or you are, you are consenting to to, to, to having delegated those rights to someone else. That, that's, that this is one of the really big topics, I think, because it, it, that's the reason why I talk about regencies. They are all regencies because the regency is the definition of, um, uh, of someone taking care of the sovereign powers while the sovereign is incapacitated, and if 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 everyone has that capacity inherently, then the sovereignty cannot be packaged into any legal um, container called a republic, for example, in any other way except 
through regency happening by assumption. And so basically what's happening is that they create a bunch of regencies which they bundle together and they call that the Republic. And then they actually, the ones who are administering those trusts or that bundle, that you know, single repository, they, that's, a, that's a regency. They are regents for everyone. And, and, and okay. it's, really, it's really funny because Finland was, you can read the books and even read Wikipedia, it's, it was started exactly like that. Of course, they don't explain it that the, the sovereignty came from everybody. They just say that that happened because the uh, uh, the Russian emperor uh, gave gave up the throne. So basically, Finland, as um, as part of that empire, was left without a sovereign. And then uh, the guys who were the local government administrators. They just basically declared themselves first regents, and they can you can read it. They call themselves regents, and then and then they just then they organized um, an election. But the problem is that once, when they organized the election, the election, the people voting were already voting in the capacity of citizens. <laughs> so. So basically, it, it, what I'm saying is that that country, that regency, never asked the people, what do the people want? They never asked the people to exercise their right of self-determination and tell what kind of government they want to be under. They never did that, because the, even the first vote was already done in the incorrect capacity they should have asked the people not the citizens and those right. are the two <laughs> so, so but the, of course the people even if you use that word people most people don't know what it means they don't realize that it's synonymous with 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 the with sovereignty with people that's where the sovereignty is so, so it's beautiful. It's it's so harmonious how how all this ties in and ties into the, therefore also into the international law, because if that capacity applies to everyone, then in fact, in our relationships together or between us, international law is the only thing that applies. Because because you're not under these regency rules. Once you're once you are present and not incapacitated. But these, these dudes refuse to, to accept that, because, maybe because nobody ever said that. The whole, the whole republic has been under the regency management or administration the entire time. <laughs> there, so, what's really weird... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just laughing, because... I came to that realization that what if these guys didn't know? What if these guys didn't know that? 
because they are so they're so silent they are so paralyzed <laughs> or should i say frozen <laughs> frozen um for, yeah it's, it's it's amazing they they cannot um what what do you do because basically uh, uh regency is an automatic uh it's an automatic uh, form of government in the in the sense that if there is no incapacitation anymore or um you know it also applies to the sovereign being abroad or basically preoccupied with something else than the government once the sovereign returns the regency is done it doesn't apply anymore so so that's part of the fear we talked about earlier about the fear of the you know the liabilities and that's why they don't say anything but even if they start going down this path and thinking what does this mean pretty quickly they <laughs> they probably realize that their entire authority just to do what they do these days is would vanish immediately if if they if they and that's why they they refuse to um because i i used to press them for for the early on you know there was this all this discussion about the status and how is the status on the register but but that it it cannot the 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 population information system cannot have an entry of a sovereign in it because that would negate the entire structure they can't they can't accept that the system is not designed for that the system the population information system is designed for the incapacitated incapacity yes yeah so that's why they can't they can't change it they can't do anything they they're just saying that look we just like they they everybody's just stuck um yeah so yeah i just wanted to put that in there because uh, <clears throat> this really defines how significant question this is but but and, and it's not as dramatic as it sounds first i was pretty overwhelmed when i started realizing that wait a minute if that uh if somebody accepts that reality then it wouldn't gate the regency authority and that would be pretty dramatic change in terms of you know government administration but it doesn't actually create anything dramatic because it applies to everyone the only thing that happens is that it changes the the nature of the government administration to basically like a a, a service office for the uh for the sovereign and all these mechanisms would work exactly the same way but the rights of the people would just be different and now nobody's going to 
you know, as far as people understanding what their true capacity is, then everybody's just getting lift to that same level playing field in terms of rights, at least. And then they can make their choices. So it's, it's not like a situation where somebody would get some kind of overriding authority to, you know, enslave people. It, it's, it's totally the opposite. It would mean that everybody would have to respect each other's sovereignty. And that's a totally different kind of a world. Yeah, they, they, I don't think people really want what the, they think they want. I'm going to jump in here because this is so amazing. I, I, I just, in that little bit of time while you were speaking about Regency, um, it all made, I mean, not that it hasn't already, but I'm going to just, in about five minutes, explain what I just, the epiphany I came to. Regency at, at Webster's, there's a few definitions, but the one that caught my attention was number three. Regency says, the period of rule of a regent or body of regents. All I could focus on was the period of rule. The period of rule is that infancy that is created between fertilization and the birthday itself. That's a period of rule, also known as a measure. So that period of rule is it requires, because it's an incapacitated infancy position, it requires regency. What's interesting about it, it is only the infant or the infancy that requires the regency. And, and why do we have a forever regency um, holding us down? It's because we keep celebrating the very thing that gives rise to the infancy forever, and that's the birthday itself. The birthday evidences infancy. So as long as a 62-year-old man or a 63-year-old man keeps celebrating that one-time event as if it were reoccurring, I will forever remain incapacitated um, legally and be subject to regency forever as long as I keep myself under that period of rule, that infancy. What's interesting about that is that it leads me to uh, the concept of just cogens. Um, just cogens, which I spoke about ad nauseum, it says uh, from Latin, compelling law from peremptory norm refers to certain fundamental overriding principles of international law. It says there is a near universal by the way, we know that universal means Catholic, there is a near universal agreement for the existence of the category of just cogens norms and its existence is memorialized. There's your, there's your headstone, there's your, there's your marker, um, memorialized in Article 53 of the Vienna Convention on the Law of Treaties. It says a treaty is void if at the time of its conclusion, it, conflict, it conflicts with a peremptory norm of general international law. They're talking about the infancy. Now, what's really beautiful about all this is it leads right back to Blackstone. Because Blackstone is talking about that same general rule of law. Blackstone says, no fiction shall extend 
to work an injury. Its proper operation being to prevent a mischief or remedy an inconvenience which might result from the general rule of law, which is the cut. The moment they cut that off, which gives rise to a denomination, that denomination is in play forever until you come to your senses and you recognize that your origin is fertilization and not some arbitrary birthday 280 days later, creating a void or a vacuum between fertilization and the birthday, which is a horror vacui, which requires such remedy. You need that space holder birth certificated character to fill the void that you created by your own admission to a nonsensical birth, birth certificated character. It's very circular. I get it. But the reality is um, they won't even allow it. They don't allow it in their own courtrooms. They don't, they don't allow the vacuum. They're siding with nature. We're not. They're the ones trying to correct our mistake. Well, well <laughs> I, yes. I, I'm the devil's uh, advocate not, right now. They're not trying very hard. They're, they're not trying yeah. very hard. <laughs> right. Well, I'm just pointing it out that the, the, uh, the absurdity of it all is that they're yeah. using our own words against us. Yeah. yeah. Our own yeah, claims yeah. against yeah. us. And that's, that's, where it, that's, where the, that's where it's really... Um, that's that's where the significance of the meanings of words come into play. But that's why they change and create these new terms, which then use the same exact word but have a different meaning, because then they can use that term to imply a different legal effect than what the one using those words thinks they have. And th- and that's deception. That's deception. They, they, that's they can't justify that, but, but we can see how this system is being uh, used to, to someone's benefit instead of purely as it seems to have been designed to work. What was what you just described? They are trying to say that, but are they really? Or are they are they trying to keep it to themselves and mislead people? And that's what that's what it's it's really interesting that 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 you brought up the the courtrooms. That was the other topic that I wanted to discuss because basically you have this in the in the language and in the case law and in the statutes and you know all, all these levels. You can see. Um, how this information can be put forward. And I'm starting to see some reactions of that when I'm um, bringing these things up in their own courtrooms. Um, the, the, the latest one is a case that was immediately just basically uh, not thrown out, but referred to um, the Court of Appeals because they just flat out said that we don't have jurisdiction to say anything about this. I won't go into the details, but that was the message I got. They didn't even want to touch it. They sent it straight up. Which is uh, where it belongs. Was, which is where it belongs. Uh, yeah, exactly. 
so it, the effect was exactly correct. And I, I, I don't know if I overdid it, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean, in, in terms of wording, but I planted a lot of stuff in there, um, which, which, you know, in their language, um, you know, leaving no ability to say that nothing was implied there. It was, and they knew it, and they sent it up. So, um, so th- th- that's one way. And if we now look at the situation, once we know that this is happening and this is actually creating, it's, it's harmful because it's being operated deceptively. Is that, is that perhaps the right way to say it? The system is not, the system would not be that bad if people were open and honest about it, and if they gave everybody a manual and a couple of lectures about how it works, you know? But they don't. It, it shouldn't be used deceptively. So now the question is, what can you do? Now, obviously, everything that, that is thrown at you is thrown at the registered person. So it doesn't matter what the substance of the case is, you can always raise the question of what the hell is this? How did, how did this, what, what, what is the nature of this registered person who summoned? And that, um, that um, approach is basically, um, it's either in the, um, through, through the sort of normal, courts, or you can proactively take any uh, government interaction into the administrative courts, because that's um, ultimately a question of, is the regency official using uh, the the authority um, based on the right assumptions? So if you know you're able to challenge whatever they send to you. Whatever they send. You can, you can send it back and say, or you can send it straight to the administrative court and say that this is, this is based on totally ridiculous assumptions because the assumption is your capacity. Um, <clears throat> um, so I'm, I'm starting to see so many different ways to send, send you know, and the ball back to the other side on the tennis court, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. If they use that uh, analogy, you know. Yet now I know how to how to how to make some pretty pretty uh, pretty strong serves. So or serve it, or, or send it back, because when you read the language. And especially, you know, when they send stuff and they don't expect somebody to be able to read the language. Maybe they don't even read the language the way it's supposed to be read. You're able to bring it back to them immediately. However, now the problem is, and okay, so, so when I say, when I wrote you and I said, I'm, I'm hitting the, the moment where I have to, uh, what did I write? 
uh, focus on solutions. So, 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 so take this into into action. You know, walk the walk even more clearly. So that's one thing I'm doing already. But the still the bigger underlying question is: What if they still ignore all of this? What if they don't know? Or what if they are deeply, deeply corrupt? And they won't let that happen. <clears throat> so, um, you know, because because this route that we're talking about, trickling it up in the, in the in the in the in the courtrooms and different levels of, of of justice, we can go up, and then eventually these things will trickle up. If the national courts, everybody says this is bullshit. Yeah, no, 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 no. You know, it escalates, escalates, escalates and perhaps ends up in some of the international courts. Because you can't, you, you know, and I, I doubt those guys would accept any dispute resolution that we send in, in our correct capacity. That, that's the right venue, again. If we say that, look, we're not part of the Regency, so we're not going to use the Regency courts, obviously. You know? And if the Regency doesn't know that the authority is done, then we're going to have to solve this internationally, is it? it, it I cannot, um, at the same time, say that I don't recognize that Regency and then go in the Regency courts unless it's my court. And if they don't recognize that, then there's a problem, and then it goes international. <laughs> However, you know, these are, these, are, these are sort of... How, how, how can I say? It's like, all of that is be, be, it's available to be argued and in totally peaceable way. There's, there's no need to escalate it any more than by words. If they can't justify it, then, you know, it, 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 and it has to be done peacefully. So that it's no, there's no point of raving about it, because if they don't know, then they can't, they don't know what to do about it. But now, the last option is, of course, that we have this situation where all of these guys don't know. Um, I doubt that that's the case. They probably do know, some of them. But if they don't, let's give the benefit of the doubt. <clears throat> then right. It doesn't validate anything that they claim. We can still have that same argument. And if they refuse to uh, operate the courts according to the rules, according to the, the way the rules are actually written, and if they're stuck with, in their minds with the incorrect capacity, my capacity, then uh, the only outcome, of course, is that 
what is the cause? Well, let's go back to the definition. Um, the person at the suit of the sovereign. So basically, um, you're, you're the court. Yeah. So 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 then, the only the only viable option is to say, I know you're incorrect. You cannot justify your authority. So I'm going to have to take it to my court, which is impartial, by the way. <laughs> and, um, um. And, 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 and see, when you take it, what you do is you take the same rule book then, but you just operate it in, um, outside of their venue. Um, so this is one, one solution. So you take a question, you take a dispute, they refuse to um, handle it correctly. So you take it to a different court and you apply the same rule book, we take the same rule book, we'll give them an opportunity to explain themselves, to explain the paperwork, you know, to send somebody there to argue their case, to present evidence, you know, to answer questions, maybe they show up, maybe they don't show up. They probably won't show up because they think it's fraud or some kind of joke. But again, it doesn't, where does, who gets to validate the authority at that point? Um, so, so what I'm saying is that this is, these are the ways to poke, uh, to poke the system a little bit. To say that, okay, I'll send you a decision from my court. Now, what are you going to do about that? If you don't accept it, please explain why. What's your problem with that authority assumption? Because I have a problem with yours. So, so what I'm saying is that I'm developing ways to uh, bring this question to the table in one way or another. We have to force it because they won't, they won't bring it up. We have to develop ways to bring it up and to bring it up peacefully or peaceably. You know what I mean? Yeah. To, a, a couple things based upon what you just said. First of all, you said you use the term impartial. Impartial says, and again, if you're trying to be impartial, impartial says not partial or biased treating or affecting all equally. So then you got to say, it says not partial. So the next step would be to find out what partial is. And it says partial of or relating to a part rather than the whole. Yes, exactly. So to impartial. be impartial means you're dealing with the whole. Yes. Rather than a piece of you. And finally, uh, um, the idea of the Regency anyway, I mean, all I can understand that all these people that want to be beneficiaries, everybody claiming to be a beneficiary, beneficiaries are under the Regency. Yeah. <clears throat> all beneficiaries are under a Regency. A living spiritual man, a breathing man, is already beyond infancy is far beyond such incapacity, so he doesn't require the regency. If you're a, a mature man or woman, you don't require the regency. So anybody 
choosing beneficial or beneficiary status is incapacitated and they are subject to regency. It's it's very hard. It's it's upside down and backwards. People don't realize what they're asking for. I don't want to be a beneficiary. Yeah, the beneficiary. By the way, it's 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 clearly clearly a trust uh, law term, well defined. What it means is that if you are after that uh, office, um, you accept the trust, and that therefore you accept the limitation of capacity. It's that simple. Um, there is no limitation. It's unabrogated capacity. There, and because okay, it's unabrogated, gotta, there is no trust then. The, the trust is false. Because the trust, again, yeah. the, trust, the trust is based on assumption. It's based that trust arises from the paperwork which is based on assumption, not reality. That's, that's the trick. What's interesting is you just use the term, again, when I listen to you, you're using terms that make perfect sense and actually fit. Um, there is, uh, let me go to it real quick. I have it marked here. So I, I didn't expect you to say it, but you did. Um, let me see. Where's my pencil? Is it right here? I think it's limit. By the way, you won't believe uh, it, but I'm walking in graveyard. Here it is. Here it is. You used the word limitation just mm, a second yeah. ago. And what's interesting about limitation in Black's Law on page 835, 5th edition, they have something called collateral limitation. Mm. Now, of course, we know that the maternal part of the placenta is collateral to the fetal part of the placenta. Mm. So there is a collateral limitation, but here's, here's the definition, and it's really strange that it should say this, or not. It says collateral limitation is one which gives an, an interest, collateral limitation, one which gives an interest in the estate for a specified period. We're talking about in the womb now. Remember, that's the initial period. That's, that's, that's the regency period. It yeah. says, for a specified period, comma, but makes the right of enjoyment to depend on some collateral event. And then it, gives an, it says, as an estate to A, comma, till B, period. And then it says, shall go to Rome. Let me say that again. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to read it in a, in a normal cadence so it makes sense. Collateral limitation. One which gives an interest in the estate for a specified period, but makes the right of enjoyment to depend on some collateral event as an estate to A, till B shall go to Rome. We're talking about the uterine sister. We're talking about a birthday, a claim to a, a, a combined or, or uh, uh, composition of matter. And then all of a sudden, that limitation goes from just me and my, my, my property to now being handed over to Rome as a regency, as an infant 
That's exactly it. Uh, blocks uh, as a beneficiary. As a benefit, it's a it's under limitation. Uh, in blacks. Collateral limitation. In and, and I'm going to black, at Black Law Fifth Edition. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, page. 835. And, and let me read one last thing I, I found the other day. I'm not going to read the Latin because I'm so horrible at reading it, but I am going to read um, the translation. And this is going to be really fun because especially when you hear it. Now, these conversations between you and I are very, very simple. They're very difficult between me and a lot of other people. <laughs> Listen to this. In those things which by common right are conceded to all, the customs of a particular district or place is not to be alleged. Let me say it again. In those things which by common right are conceded to all, the customs of a particular district or place is not to be alleged. We're talking about the communal property of, of the deposit. So when they cut and take my part of the fetal maternal organ, when they take that as a deposit for the, let's call it the in God we trust, the set KV, as a small religious estate, in those things which by common right are conceded to all, I've just handed over my biology to, the, to, to some regency, Mm -hmm. It's comma. It says the customs of a particular district or place is not to be alleged. In other words, there's a piece of you that makes you whole that's not being allowed in. It cannot be alleged. So they're using this language to basically filter you out or exile you from reality. If a piece of you is allowed into the common pool or common fund, you don't have access to privacy when you're of the public. Yeah. That's where people don't, they don't get this. If a piece of you remains um, subject to the state, picked up and put into the state fund, then you're of the public. You are actually part of the public. And public property doesn't have a right to privacy. It can't have its own, its own estate. It can't have its own property. It's all public. It's all or nothing. So yeah. people don't understand that by allowing this cut, this infancy to remain under regency, we're going to call it the public, the public rule. You, you don't have a right to privacy because your property is in the public. And you were speaking about this material becoming corporate, a corporate piece of property, a corporate property. And that's what's happening, is if we're not whole, W-H-O-L-E, then, then we're not whole. We're not, we're not private. And one last thing about that, because this all builds on, on you know, su successive thought. I'm going to go, my favorite biblical quote, obviously, is Luke 5.31, they that are whole need not a physician, meaning that you don't need a prescription from a, from a, 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 a doctor. You don't need a prosthetic because you're not, you're not broken, you're not missing any parts. But the, word, the key word there, and always will be, W-H-O-L-E, and this is why. This is why the word whole is so important. I'm going to go to whole, 
at Webster's just to just to keep this this flowing. Hole says, "Hang on a second. I'm waiting for my very slow computer to move." Okay, Hole number two says having all its proper parts or components, and then colon complete which should be looked up on its own, the word complete, but then it says comma unmodified. So I'm going to click on mm. unmodified, and it says not altered or modified. Obviously the cut is an alteration, but I'm going to click on modified, and this is the key. You go down to um, number 3B at modify. It says to make basic or fundamental changes in um, to give a new orientation, and here it is, or to serve a new end. Mm. You just put, you just change governments. The baby who used to be on the end, the baby, the sovereign in his entirety, used to control all of that property. But once they cut the baby off, once they cut the living spirit off, then that end is open to be attached to other governments. That open end can go to a constitutional government of 1789 in this case. It could go to a religious government. But either way, you're serving a new end and you're no longer serving yourself. Mm -hmm. So to, to be not whole is to be open to modification. The cutting itself leaves an open end to be attached to a different government, and that's the government you serve. If you're not whole, if you're not self-determined, if you don't understand that there's a piece of you that is open to a new form of government, because you're not there anymore. You're no longer governing the rest of that property, that rest of that estate. And that's why the word whole is so giant. That's why Luke 531 is so giant, because they're, they're telling you even in the Bible that that cut opens you up to be governed by another. I, I think it's, it's sedition. You're, you're overthrowing your own ability to govern by, a, by celebrating a birthday, which is the cut. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And, and it's, it's, it's done very, very deceptively and subtly because the only thing required now that, now that this culture has taken over, you know, it's everywhere. And, and the only trick they need is the identity because all the paperwork backs up the capacity of that registered identity, that legal identity. And the only thing they need you to do, or anyone to do, is to identify as that legal uh, person. Because then, that's your action. That's, and they can deem that, or they can say that that implies your consent to this change of capacity. And it actually has like a huge waterfall of implications because it's, you know, it's not only the rights, it's all, all the delegation of rights, the subjugation, you know, everything goes out the window. Now, why do they have to have this built this in this complicated way? 
because they cannot actually take that capacity away. They cannot actually alter it. The only way they can alter it is your own belief. Belief in something else than the reality. And, and that belief is being gradually built to become your substitute of the reality. They never talk about the reality itself. It's amazing, by the way. We just, it was just a discussion today on a chat about this, that there's this book about... Um, um, I'll, I'll send you... Uh, the, the name escapes me now, but it's... Um, um, property in human body or something like this. Um, the, the, it, it, it talks, it's like the whole book about, it goes through all of these cases where the, uh, the property rights uh, relative to human organs and, um, and human body um, is defined. It's, it's a great book. However, it's hundreds of pages, or couple of say 300 pages, and nowhere does it talk about placenta at all. And that's the only organ you should talk about when you talk about property and rights and the implications, the legal implications of them. So it's clearly, and it's written by an Australian uh, Supreme Court uh, justice. So it's like pretty heavy um, and detailed law book, but 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 it's so funny that it, it and it's so obvious that that the reality itself, as it is, is the one topic they cannot touch. They have to keep your mind flowing in this concept that replace the reality because because your own conviction is the only way. It's the only thing that they can manipulate. The reality is outside of their their influence. That that's that's the powerful. That's that's the most powerful realization. The wholeness, you know, if you lose it, you lose it temporarily because because you believe in stuff that doesn't exist. <laughs> right. Well, that's that's why. <clears throat> what we're doing is so difficult because people don't realize that their origin without an origin logically you can't be here now and if you're not here now and, and let's get back to that that body part anyway people don't realize that dead bodies dead dead biology once the spirit once the breath leaves that biology they're saying that the owner of that property doesn't exist anymore and and so when i breathe my last breath that last expiration then the owner of this biology the owner of this body and all of the property associated with that owner doesn't have an owner anymore and if that owner didn't leave a will or dies intestate, then the property of that, bio, of that owner falls into probate. 
or falls under the control of, of, of the courts, which is what happens when they clamp and cut the cord and they create a decedent estate that absolutely dies intestate without a will. Mm. So people don't understand that, that dead bodies don't have rights and ghosts don't have rights. So when they separate the breath from your body on paper, they create a situation where there's no owner and everything goes under regency forever. It's that yeah. simple. It really is simple. It, it's simple, but, but it, it, it took so long time. And it, it, I can, it, so now having, when we walk through this and seen the papers and seen the legal effects they create, it's also really easy to see and accept that this is almost impossible to see. You know, if you... <laughs> It's it's so under so many layers, and then you have to fight against people. Who, you know, you have to try and get these documents from people who don't even know they have them. <laughs> right. It's, like, it's amazing. This one guy, this one guy, who also dug out all of these papers um, in Finland. He. Um, so he, he got into all of these crazy discussions with these officials. They they just basically said that those documents do not exist. <laughs> and then, like two weeks later, um, he was able to sort of walk them through the whole process so that they found them. And the, and the officials themselves were like, what? <laughs> you know, there are these kinds of papers. They didn't know. <laughs> it was like, yeah, well, there you go. Send it to me. So, so we're 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 talking. It's a really uh, frustrating process when and and the design, the the the, the way. It's, I I wouldn't say the design is wrong, but the the way they operate it now is frustrating because obviously the people who are operating it, they don't know what they are doing. And that makes the discovery and, uh, you know, gaining this knowledge just 10 times more difficult. Because everybody's claiming that you're talking total BS and I don't even bother to look. Um, it's really sad. And I, I don't really know, you know, your work has been... I don't have words to describe it because it's so important. Uh, because it opened the doors. It opened the doors to see that for, you know, pe people can follow that. You, you just, I wrote it a number of times that, you know, you don't, you don't need anything else except Take a, you know, skip all the bullshit and start listening to these recordings you did. Spend a couple of years with that and, and a dictionary. And by the way, it's all online. And then if you really want to dig deep, then once you realize the legal concepts, 
that we're talking about, then just go to Oxford University Press and buy the best law books on these different topics. Because there are no better law books than those. And once you know the language, those books are brilliant. Because you can read them with totally different eyes. So all the knowledge is there and it's available. But people just don't see it. They're they're just so under so many layers of misconceptions. So this work that you've done is is like it's (laughs) trying to describe it in some words is, is. is, is not describing it well enough, but it's foundational. It's really, it really is. People don't realize what what uh, what it what it actually means. It's massive. It's really massive. I think I just just so you know, <clears throat> there is no way that I know of. Um to put onto paper what it means to understand this because it's all the way down. Reality doesn't require paper. It doesn't require paper. And that's why I always say that the truth is in spite of your beliefs. It is already. And it's whole, W-H-O-L-E. There's no missing part in the truth. So any position I take and claim that this is the position would be a lie by omission because I'm not including everything else. But here's the beautiful thing about your, your own existence. My own existence began at the, fer- the moment of fertilization, my own existence. And we're going to say that that was somewhere around late 1959, according to their Gregorian calendar, just so that people can relate to the time frame, uh, late December. So my mom and dad lay together late December 1959, and my dad drops off some building materials at a job site called Sperm. My mom drops off building materials at a job site called Ovum. And then there's a process, there's an actual creative process, an act of God, so to speak, that results in a singularity, a single 46-chromosome zygote. So that act of creation, we're going to call it um, an intelligently designed arc. And that arc contains all of the um, genetic information that led up to that moment. It is literally an arc. It's an archive, an archive of information, genetic And what's interesting about that zygote, the Ark of the Covenant with God, is that it began, it has a finite amount of time. We're going to call it mortality. So at that beginning, my biology had nothing to do with anything. My, my 46 chromosome biology, didn't exist prior. So it has nothing to do with the past or history. Because the moment of its creation is its presence. And from that moment to this moment as you and I speak is still the present. I have never entered history. I've only always been present. So I have nothing to do with anything that happened prior to my, my origin. 
and I will have nothing to do with anything that happens after my demise, which is that last expired breath. I am always and only present. That excludes, in other words, it excludes the possibility of my participation in the past or history. That exclusion alone eliminates me from any fictional jurisdiction. I can't participate in a fiction as a spiritual breathing man. And I can't go back to the past unless I use their time machine called birth certificate. I cannot participate in the farce in reality. So when people understand the simplicity of what I said is that I'm only here from fertilization to last breath. And that here is called the present. I have never participated in the past and I have never entered the past or history. The only time, the moment I quit breathing, my last breath, my last expiration, when I quit being present, and that's what's called the supreme being, I, my supreme being begins at fertilization and ends at last breath. That's the supreme being. When that supremacy ends, then I quit moving along in the present and I fall into the past. I get left behind. My presence is no longer. So I now enter history as part of history. But until I am actually dead, history has nothing to do with me. And so their historical courts, their fictional courts, are beyond the reality. And that's why when I say it's all or nothing, the truth is all or nothing, you don't have anything to fear with their fictional courts if you understand that you actually cannot participate in them when you tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, without perjuring yourself by claiming some birth certificated space holder or birth certificated statute. Yeah, so, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it is giant, but it's simple. Yeah, it's the, the, difficult, the difficult thing is that <clears throat> um, when people start talking about rights and law and disputes, um, using spoken words is a lot more difficult than written, using written words. That's why I'm, I've right. never, I, I don't, I never uh, want to talk to these people uh, on the phone or even face to face. It's, it's better to correspond in writing because then you can be sure you, you, you have time and and you have um, better grip on what you are actually trying to say and how do you want to say it and when, when you author your own documents or letters or emails you can always go back and if they misinterpret them because that's the only trick they have you can always go back and say that's not that was not my intended meaning. I didn't intend that meaning for that word. So, and you have everything documented, of course, right. because one of the right. things they do is that they have a 
telephone conversation with you, and then they make a transcript of the call, which is not uh, truthful. So they put words in your mouth. And then you have to argue against something that they claim you said because they uh, made uh, an incorrect transcript of it. So, so I never... I, I don't really recommend anybody to do to 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 have any conversations with these guys. Just paperwork back and forth because you can tackle their words and their meanings more easily, and then you can have a better grip on what you actually want to and intend to say. And then, because it's because it's all in writing, um, it's easier to keep a record of it. An archive of it. So, and 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 that applies for the, you know, the whole legal system seems to work that way. The the lawyers are taught to use these words um, that intimidate people, and then you know you you can so easily you can pull people into territory where they don't they don't know anything what they're saying basically. You can they just admit the stuff. Um, so, the legal profession is a really part of this problem because because of the way they operate. Um, they are not open and honest. Most people don't know that um, lawyers' first duty is to the courts, not to their clients. Even that alone is something that people should realize. The lawyers are there especially the bar members, to keep the system uh, going the way that uh, the way that it is going these days. But it could be operating in a totally different way. Um, because it, as a mechanism, as a venue for um, solving disputes, um, it, it's still valid. The problem is that it's really hard to put forward um, or convince somebody else of uh, the truth of something if people don't know what the words they use mean, or if they if they understand them in a different way, and nobody actually jumps in and defines those words, and nobody raises the question of is that you know is that actually what you mean. Or is that actually something you consent to, or do you even understand what you're, what what you're doing? And the first moment that should happen is um, is when they bring in uh, when they bring in everybody, anybody, and they uh, uh, try to verify the identity, because that at that moment it goes on totally different or totally wrong tracks. You're not there anymore in the capacity that you want to be and that you think you are, because you just identified as something else. And now you're just totally passenger there. And by the way, if you have a legal representative, those guys, you know, you give your power of attorney, and those guys have a duty not to bring forward your true capacity. So that's not going to end well. You know, so in that sense, honest lawyers, honest judges, um, and people who 
can explain these fundamental concepts of 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 how this uh, um, mechanisms of justice are supposed to work are needed. It's you know it's influ- I don't know. Maybe some of those guys don't realize what they're doing either. And they're not all all there specifically, you know, knowingly deceiving people, although they pretty quickly know, after the law school, how good business that is. <laughs> um, so so they, would, they, would, they would immediately, you know, the lust for, for mammon would kick in, and they realize that, oh, well, maybe it's better to just keep everybody fighting, you know, because then I'll get a bigger car and bigger house. So they fall into that trap immediately. You know, the sense of justice is just, um, it's just so rare. Um, but, 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 but this is, this is a, there are so many big hurdles in this. And what it really requires is, is just for people to put all the shit aside, all the nonsense that doesn't matter aside. And start thinking that what really actually makes a difference. I, I, I don't know if, if over the past couple of years, all this craziness, if that didn't crystallize to people, how, you know, that we're actually at the end of the day talking about, and you should be focused on your rights, and how do you define them, then I don't know what will wake them up to this. It was so blatant. It was so insane. And people were just like, oh, oh, I guess I have to do this. I couldn't believe it. How, how, can, how can people be in that state of mind that they don't even care anymore? They do whatever the TV tells them to do. Unbelievable. Um, me. Here's the, here's the thing is I don't I don't want to I write letters you know I do um, I agree with you wholeheartedly I would prefer not to speak to anybody I would rather sit down and write and there's a huge difference when you physically write something as the author the author which is the root word to authority. When you write and you authorize it with your signature, nobody has the ability to say what your intentions are. So you can you can say, no, you misinterpreted as the author, only I know what I intended. Um, I do take the time to write, you know, in-depth, very detailed um, ideas down and send it to people that I believe need to know that I know. This is one of the biggest questions I get from people is, who do I send anything to? Well, first of all, you better know what it is you're trying to accomplish first, and then you need to know who needs to know that. Now I don't I don't offer anybody anything regards to um 
I got a speeding ticket. I, I got a DUI. I, I'm trying to not pay taxes, all that stuff. It's all, all irrelevant to me because all of those statutory ideas don't apply to a living, breathing man. So when you understand the nature of reality and that all of these fictional positions or situations you find, your, find yourself in, they're all based upon um, a, a f first erroneous uh, premise. Your premise is off. Your initial premise is off. By, by adopting the brood parasite called birth certificated character, you have, in effect, um, subjugated yourself to the author or the creator of that, um, we'll call it uh, alternative universe. Mm. Alternative. It's an alternative universe, meaning that you have fallen into the hands by altering, by alteration, the hands of a Catholic universal idea. And, and I'm not opposed to any religions. Let's just be clear. I could care less what you believe. But I'm not going to be subjected to your insanity. You can choose to follow or be governed by anybody. But I choose to be self-governing. And by the way, my self-government is better than everybody else's non-self-government. I already know it is. I won't trespass on anybody's property. I already know I won't. I won't trespass upon the so-called public. Why would I? And that's where we're at, is when, when you finally get that nature doesn't play favorites. Nature's brutal. And truth falls within nature, or nature falls within truth. I think what, we, what we've discovered along the way is that most people don't want to be responsible for their life. They want a safety net. Yeah. And that yeah. safety net comes with, with um, you know, a lot of nasty barbs. That safety net may even have you wearing a crown of thorns. <laughs> yeah. I, I even have people who, who, who said that um, – they, they started to realize what, what this is about, what we're talking about. And, and they said, I, I, I know I can't do that. I don't, I can't do that. I'm not, um, I'm not ready for that. I need a safety net. I need somebody else to, you know, take care of things for me. Do that. They accepted that. They said outside. And that's fine, by the way. I, I think that that is, since they made that choice consciously, that's okay. I get it. But the fact that most people don't make it consciously, that's the part that really bothers me. Right. Well, what, what are we going to do? They, they, don't even, <laughs> they don't even get a chance. Yeah, what are we going to do now? Well, uh, yeah, that's the... Uh, so, you know, getting back to 
my ramblings about the cause. Um, so one way is, of course, to say that, well, these systems exist and the rules seem to be fair, but you're, ap- ap- you're applying the rules in a funky way. You're not explaining how it actually works. You're trying to lure people into, you know, all kinds of problems uh, because you benefit from them. So, so that's one approach. And I don't think there are many people who are bringing these questions to their courts. I'm doing it. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it completely openly. Um, basically saying that using the words, you know, using their language, or if they don't get it, using more clear language about it. Because it's all there. It's all in the books. They have their rules, and they should follow them. And they should not... Well, first of all, they should not mislead people and make these ridiculous, you know, uh, assumptions without checking uh, the actual consent. But secondly, they should definitely not ignore when someone brings up the knowledge, they should then apply those rules that are to be applied. And if that starts happening, if if that hits another brick wall um, and, and, you know, silence and all kinds of accusations, what it is that they, they throw at everybody, then, you know, the second option is, is of course, to... Um, to challenge the the authority for them to make those decisions to begin with, or to administer those venues, and say that if you if, if you don't follow your own rule books, you know we're gonna have to take these these questions to a different different venue, um, and those people. So so that leads to the that actually led to the the question of assembly, um, which, I- interestingly, when I, I, I sent you a while back that um, historical uh, um, explanation, or the Wikipedia page that explains the, the history of assemblies, where it's the... Or it, it was about the Scandinavian, um, Scandinavian early like people's meetings. And the word for the assembly, the people's assembly, is thing. The thing. T-H-I-N-G? Yeah. Thing. Really? The thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can send you the link again. But it's amazing. It's, uh, it, it's the thing. And what what is it? So it's, the people in their, um, uh, let me use the word community without any connotation, but the people in, or village, whatever, uh, um, who have some dispute or some important decision to make. So what they would do is, is they would gather together um, to discuss those, those matters. 
if it was a dispute, the assembly would work as a tribunal. And if it was something that was sort of more a question for everybody in terms of, you know, how should we locally set some rules that, you know, people can dump their stuff on other people's backyards or whatever, whatever it was, you know, kind of local rules, um, then it would be a legis- legislative assembly. But the whole trick about that is that what is the capacity in which people were in that assembly? They were not there as citizens, for sure. They were there as people, and they were there all as sovereigns. And when that happens, the assembly can be of any size. Because when you assemble, you become whole. And that's why they say that sovereignty is, uh, is exercised by the people as whole. This is, a, this is a, something that I've been arguing with them about, is that, um, you know, if you can't define what the whole is, then how can you say that sovereignty can only be exercised by the people as whole? There is no number of people required for that. As a whole right. means each and every one as a whole. And the ones who are not there as whole... They are not part of the assembly. They don't have that capacity. So what I'm saying is, these mechanisms to make decisions locally, to exercise those rights, they exist. They existed before, and they exist, of course, today. People just don't use them. So assembly is a major, major tool for people to exercise their rights. The problem is, and by the way, assembly is something that can even um, um, be a venue for decisions like um, starting a new country. Of course, because when new countries are born um, or created uh, by men, how could those countries in whichever um, form they are um, started in, how could they, those legal structures, get any powers if they didn't get it from the people who create them? So the sovereign powers in, that are exercised by the government officials, they originate from the people through delegation through decisions. That's what the people's right to self-determination means. That's how it's exercised. So when a group of people in a certain area declares themselves independent, the only thing they need to worry about is in what capacity do they make that decision. Because, of course, the guys who don't want that to happen would rush in and say that, well, we want to make sure that this is done correctly, and then they would make everybody vote in the capacity of citizens or registered persons. But if you do that, you just negated the whole purpose of the assembly. 
so and this is completely parallel with the way the courts use the the identity to treat people uh, with their capacity. So basically, right in the beginning, you categorize the guy who is walking into the room. What is his capacity? And once you get rid of the real capacity, then they are passengers. So, so just like the assembly, the courtroom also could be operated in a way where instead of trying to trick the people and trick them to identifying as something they're not, you would make sure that people who participate or are present in those venues identify as what they really are. And then you document that. Because that's where the group is. So how could anybody else come and say that? No, 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 no. You didn't. You weren't there in, in, in your correct capacity, <laughs> right? Right. So, so how can somebody? You are there as as Kurt, and then somebody comes in and says, "Well, what is this decision? You made this decision. You can't make it because you were not there as this registered person that I created." <laughs> That's still nonsense, right? So it's all about the identity. And now what I'm saying is, I'm talking about solutions, just, just, just to summarize that. The identity, once you know how to invoke that and express it, it opens the doors to use these legal uh, mechanisms, because you have the capacity. Then you just have to make sure that you do it in a fair way. So you can't you, you, you can't start abusing that power either. You should give everybody the ability to explain themselves. So what I'm saying is that I can also send a summons to some idiot who claims that they know better who I am than I do. Or they one guy even said that, that I, I signed a document in front of him. And he said, that's not your signature. Can you imagine that? Really? I just fucking, yeah, I just signed it in front of you. <laughs> so how can that not be my signature? <laughs> because, I, because the signature was different than what was on his paper. It was an unbelievable oh. discussion. So, so we're dealing with people like that. And that's like basic. Right. It's, 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 it's insanity. Anyways, my point is um, the identity is such a tricky thing and it's such a profound thing. If you get rid of it or if you get to define the identity, which basically defines your rights, then uh, your powers and the way you exercise them are defined by that. And then you can run a court and make decisions, send summons, um, even give out judgments. And then the next question will be, of course, um, that they, they are saying that these are not valid. But where, where are you going to measure that? Who's the, who can be the judge of that? So at least... Yeah, I think... 
you get word against word, if nothing else. Well, I think that, I mean, I don't, I, I use the Bible um, just to help express the the biology typically, but I mean, even in that First Corinthians two fifteen, and I use the King James version, but where it says the spiritual man shall be judged by no man, I know that the word spiritual means breathing, yeah, having breath. That's it. So the breath, the breathing man, the living man is not to be judged, and and the reason that is is if any judgment does occur, it occurs at the end of his life when he's no longer um, in the present. In, in other words, when he has already passed. Then all the good things he did in his life and all the bad things are weighed, if, that were, if that's true, and then and only then would, would a man be judged. During life, he's not to be judged, which means that all these scenarios, all these situations we find ourselves in is based upon a character that has already passed or already died. And this is where the problem, I mean, the idea of to peaceably assemble, that they created a situation where there isn't a whole W-H-O-L-E man. There is a, a representative um, with an equitable position. That's what they've created, is a situation where you have equity in the sovereignty. And so the piece of you that, that was linked to God or your, your sovereign position that has a direct link to God, which is your original material or in the womb material, is placed on deposit that evidences such equity in that sovereignty. I prefer not to play. I prefer not to pretend. Because they're using that piece of my biology as a vestment um, which is what they would call an ecclesiastical vestment that evidences that that equity. I don't want to play any of these games because nature doesn't give a shit about any of these games. And to peaceably assemble, to me, is my knowledge of my godly origin. I I have peaceably assembled the moment I recognize my true origin which is fertilization. Now, I don't require any middleman to put me back together to help me assemble, which now negates their entire court system. And I already know that you, you agree that this is the problem, is, is they're using equity in place of law. They're, they're, they're using the birth certificate investment in place of the entirety or the supreme being of the man himself. Because they can control that. It's like if I show up at, at a country club and I'm not wearing the, the required clothing to get into the club, they're going to turn me away. And that's what they do in these courtrooms. When you don't arrive in your ecclesiastical vestment, they turn you away, or you need some representative, some bar association representative that has those, those, that clothing, to act as a representative or on your behalf, again, a living man does not have a behalf. He is W-H-O-L-E. He also, a living man, doesn't have a need to represent himself when he is still here. Yeah. All of these nonsensical positions um, can be negated 
But I love the idea of sitting down and writing something that negates these positions and that I don't have to say it. I always tell people that if you find yourself in a court situation, you're too late. You haven't done enough upfront yeah. to negate the very their ability to bring you in on a decedent estate account. Yeah, I totally agree to that. Yeah, you have to be proactive. You have to make them know before Extremely they proactive. take any action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just flood them with that knowledge. It, it, by the <laughs> way, there's another. There's there's another. Um, there's another principle um, um, uh, that applies to court is that you usually cannot argue later, even in the appeal. Um, uh, you cannot depend on something that you don't bring up in the in the first instance. So basically, you would have to explain what are the facts that you rely on as early as possible in the process. And uh, <clears throat> what it means is that, and, and that's why I really like the way, the, the, when you um, decipher that, the way to write your name. Because that's the easiest way to bring this knowledge, uh, to bring it, forward in their records as early as possible, meaning that anywhere that anybody asks any questions, um, it, it, you know, it doesn't, it, it matters what you say, but it doesn't matter that much if you write your name correctly, because you can always come back to that and say, look this, I, I brought up the initial period here so you can rely on that you can say that i did bring up my true capacity right from the beginning and that's what i'm going to rely on um they don't probably see that so that's that's a tricky or it's like a sneaky way to do that but it's very easy and it, and it fits that requirement that they they might try to to use there uh pretty well it, let me it, let me say one. Yeah. But, but let me hey, let me. There's a couple of things I, I that that went through my my head uh, when you were speaking. Say it. Say it. <laughs> yeah. No. No. The things that I, I I wanted to mention, I I don't want to forget them. So, uh, first of all, on the Bible, my, just 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 a quick one. But my favorite, I keep on reading it over and over again. Is Ephesians. It's just amazing book. Um. In its entirety, there's so many. It's like every every uh, verse has something in it. It's 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 a beautiful one, um, uh, and that's that's uh, obviously where you have the also the uh, which one is it? Two fifteen, um, which is I don't first know Corinthians two fifteen. No, Ephesians. Oh, okay. Do, do you have it there? Uh, I, I can the, get it. <laughs> no, 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 no need, no need. But it's the one um, where you where where um, it says that uh, he made himself uh, of twain one new man, and uh, 
and basically stepped out of the jurisdiction by doing that. And that's exactly what we're doing. I think it's Ephesians uh, 2.15. I might be mistaken there. Anyways. Um, and the second thing that was uh, came to my mind earlier uh, <laughs> is more from today. I read the, the Trump uh, the court appearance, uh, which is, yeah. uh, I don't know, probably is going on right now. But um, there was a specific word that, that he's being brought in for arraignment. And if you, if you look at that word in etymology, it, it, it basically leads to uh, uh, thinking, counting, and like uh, basically enumeration, like affirming the status. Wow. They, they use that specific word. And it's, I, you know, you don't see it that often, but in this case, they use that specific word for arraignment. <laughs> I just, I just, uh, I just, I was just amazed uh, that, um, that they, they used that particular word there. Which reminds me of the, this, to be, to stand up and be counted. Hmm. It's an interesting idea at that point. Yeah, it's the it's the enumeration. The enumeration. The counting of the the counting of the population. Who gets to define that? Um, whether you're fractional or whole. And, and he's being brought in, you know, etymologically for that. <laughs> I hope he, I hope he does it right. Um, yeah, and that, that that also could be an equitable position, if if you are counted, but or if you're discounted, or mm-hmm. left out, or exiled, you're not one of us. Um, you're a stranger. Yeah, it, it was so funny because it, 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 that one word actually defines what's happening in the court. It's just a check of what's your capacity. And then, of course, once that's checked or implied, then all of the rest of the consequences follow. And one of the consequences might be that we don't have jurisdiction to say anything goodbye. (laughs) Which is always the one that you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. Um, There's one, one thing about what you just said about the name, which I believe Curtis R. Period Kallenbach is the entire organization from fertilization to last breath. I believe that all the way down. But it's funny, but in 1773, and I'm looking right at the uh, memoirs of the Medical Society of London. This is 1773. Uh, in the preface, this is in, um, it says, in printing, the memoirs of the society the fellows and corresponding members. Wow. Fellows and corresponding members are distinguished by initials affixed to their names. 
Yeah. I see. Nobody, nobody really has the eyes to see what that means unless you understand what the what the corresponding member is. Yeah. And if you also read, you know, much of this book, you'll realize that this medical society knew what the Roman Catholic Church was claiming as or in in um, unum sanctum as the human creature, the afterbirth. So they were that afterbirth is the corresponding member of the fellow participant in the society. So either you are in or you're not. Either you're whole or you're at fault. <laughs> Finally, before I forget too, is um, we were just talking about the fact that either they know going into the court action, um, if you're in court, you're. You, you haven't done enough. Let's just put it that way. You haven't done enough. Um, I'm looking at a affidavit, even though I know affidavits are corporate by nature. I'm looking at something that I put in the county record on October 26th, um, I think 2018 was the, yeah, no, 10, October 16th, 2018. And the title of this affidavit and you'll you'll like it because this is the this is you know three years ago I believe that this started all of this cascading of events the banking um, collapse was was based upon this affidavit and here's the title it says an affidavit confirming my zygote as the singular historical cultural and scientific matter of fact proving my personal, private, and confidential property paramount equity found within my original DNA birthday cake, a.k.a. my baggage and effects, a.k.a. my placenta. That's the title, and it goes on to explain over the next 40, 42 pages that this is my property, or this is my property, um, and a right-of-way over that property, which is my mom's part of the placenta. This, this happened back in 2018, October. So I think that what we're experiencing right now in a world with the collapse of the charity ships, which are the birth certificate and partial birth abortions, the afterbirth material, I believe that th this going on the record ultimately was the return of their Jesus. I, I became whole the moment this was recorded. And it's funny the way they treated me at the county after I did this, because when I first started going in there years earlier, I would just be somebody coming in. Mm. After the, the recording of this, the county recorder would actually, when she found out I was there, she would jump up, get out of, leave her office and come out and say, hi, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> She would she would call me Kurt, you know what I mean. So I was no longer that corporate issue. Mm. Um, so yeah, I I have this affidavit so, that I put together way back then. Those are which most is, people is, don't is, remember. Uh, is that one at the back of the right of way? There were some some of the letters were there. The, the last yeah, those were. I had five. No, those five letters were just letters that I sent between late October 2018, and the International Court of Justice in 2020, late or 21. 
um, this affidavit was just prior. I just recorded it prior to sending the first letter to the Illinois Department of Public Health regarding this particular matter. Yeah. Of course, he Those quit letters. the moment he got his letter. <laughs> Those letters are amazing because, you know, you can spend a month per, per, per letter if you just dig into the words you use. They are just, you know, every word. You, can, you, you know, one sentence is one day of research. Uh, even more, you know, it's just reading and trying to grasp the meaning of what you're saying there. It's it's like people don't get it how deep those are. They're they are just un- unbelievable. Uh, well, I made it a rule. I made it a rule just so you know, Bill, that I didn't. I never wanted to go beyond one folio page, which is the front and back. I never wanted to go beyond that. So I had to have everything I wanted to say in just the front and back. But people don't even notice that I use the word quarantine in one of my letters yeah. saying that this is a, basically it's a quarantinable problem we have here. And it's funny that I used it, you know, a year and a half or a year before COV before space ID yeah. came out. Yeah, they're scrambling for, for, for something. And... <sighs> Obviously, the digital identity was something that jumped to my um, attention immediately. Why did they make so, such a big fuss about it? Well, obviously, because they want to make the identification as that creation as easy and convenient as pos- possible. Um, but it doesn't change it. It's just a different method to create the presumption that you are acting in that capacity. But it, it doesn't fundamentally change anything. It's just a method. And so you can negate it exactly the same way. It's nothing. You know, you can rebut it as easily, if not easier, than, you know, the identity card or the social security number. How many hours and, and this is important. This is an important question for me to you, because I've been at it for fourteen plus years. But how many hours do you think you have invested to to, to be speaking at this level? Realistically, I mean, they say in order to become you know proficient in an orchestra to be at the highest level, it takes about ten thousand hours of practice. Yeah. Um, I'm fairly certain I'm I'm long past 10,000 hours on this. I I think I'm the best in the world at what I talk about. Um, Even though I'm not the most, you know, articulate. (laughs) 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 I I think I could probably defeat anybody that wanted to try to to pretend. Well, you are, because I can listen to, and there are some really good recordings um, like, for example, the UK Supreme Court um, justices, they have given, like, lectures that they give. I can send you a couple of them. And they even speak about the same subject, uh, but, but in a veiled way. And right. Your material is a lot better because you're actually explaining it. You're actually saying what it is. And then when you listen to contrast with those guys, of course, you know, they have their style of speaking and it's very fancy and they ha- use all the 
fancy words and tricky words and long sentences and all that. But but they're still talking about the same thing, but in a, in a, in an unnecessary, complicated way. Your stuff is better <laughs> because you because you're telling the truth. Um, so yeah. Because I have nothing I, I, to hide. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, <laughs> you're saying it as it is, um, and 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 you're not trying to keep that knowledge to you know, a group of elected or privileged people. Um which is which is which is what, what these guys are, are doing. They could be out there speaking about it in plain language, but they don't. Why? Uh, yeah, yeah why? The, your your work is yeah, why? It's um I, I, I think that the system would allow a completely, without changing the system, it would allow a totally different approach. So the problem is not so much the system, because as we as as we as we talked about at some point today, that what it ultimately is is guiding you to accept the reality. Um, and it should be guiding you to that, not trying to keep you from that. Uh, mm. I just I just realized but, something when you were saying that. The system is... I, I People hate when I say this, but I, I think it's a good system. The, the problem is, in this... The way this is done... It's who's controlling your property, who's controlling your money. There's, that's the only difference. If you are W-H-O-L-E and you know how to be that supreme being, then you control all of your property and all of your money. And by the way, private property is untaxable. It's that simple. So you get yeah. to control everything if you're 1 Corinthians 2.15, the spiritual man. If you're if you fall for the birth certificated decedent estate administrative process, then you don't control your property. You require a trustee or a fiduciary to manage your funds, your money, and now you've lost control. It's the same system. And the only difference is, is who's controlling your property and your money, who's controlling your life ultimately. And that's the only difference. It's the same system. I'll, I'll take this system, but just, hey, it's my, it's my property. It's my life. I don't want anybody else to have any control over it at all. Zero. Yeah, the system has rules for the situation where the reality is recognized or not recognized, cognized. Cognized, <laughs> <Accepted>. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and everybody's uh, inherent rights also are um, respected. The system has rules for that. <laughs> it works. The venues would be the same, but the people would just operate it differently. They would not try to trip everybody in every turn. <clears throat> um, 
and and still, you know, if somebody beats somebody up or takes somebody else's property, that has consequences. Um, and in many ways, they are more direct once the true capacity is accepted. They become even more uh, serious in some instances. You know, you can't hide behind your insurance, basically throwing out your, you know, your uh, ability to handle the consequences. So, so this this fiction allows people to to take the kinds of risks um, that they probably wouldn't take if the reality was accepted and the consequences were derived from that, from using the same system. The um, limited liability. Yeah, that it's, it's all about the liability being tossed around, uh, you know, trying to, them trying not to be attached with it. And saying that yeah yeah you 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 consented to this and that, um, but yeah it's 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 amazing the <clears throat> you see the, it, it's gonna take yeah but the the time uh, how much time have I spent on this is a uh, I've tried to I've thought about it a lot, but I can't really answer it that way. I would say ten thousand, yeah, easily more than that. Um, right. It's, it's you know it's every day, anyways. Um, but when did it start? Is also kind of a difficult question because it really gradually developed. I spent a whole lot of time with these um, all this other material uh, before before I really got into. Um, law and, and, and before I found your materials. Um, so I've spent a lot of time listening to and going through stuff that I didn't really understand, but I have this, like, I don't know, I always had this. I didn't have any problem, like, listening to stuff that I didn't really entirely get. Um I guess it's like reading the Bible for the first time or co- first couple of times where you don't really know what you think about it. But I was listening to a lot of materials. Uh, you probably know those guys. You know, it's all those usual um, guys who were looking at this. Of course, Jordan's materials a lot. Um, I didn't. I didn't really. It was. He was way too esoteric. I didn't. I didn't really make this connection at all back then when I was listening to his materials. And that was like 20, 20 years ago. <laughs> um, uh, but not, now I can, I can listen to it with totally different, different um, mindset and different ears. Um, the, the, the last uh, interviews he did with uh, Ren um he's actually he's actually i don't know what you think about those but to me he's talking about this but he he was 
he was kind of like not saying it directly. I get the feeling that he knew a lot of this stuff, but he just didn't want to say it so directly. Um, anyways, but but coming back to the well, well, I, I was the time. I, 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 I spent so with. much time. It, it's ridiculous, you know. <laughs> and what do you count? <laughs> what what do you count in that? Um, spending like weeks and months of reading random law books or some old legal text. Is that part of this? Yeah, it is. Because, you know, those things come back when suddenly something becomes relevant. So, yeah, I've spent a hell of a lot of time going through all of this, and I still do. I'm probably increasing this all now <laughs> when it's getting really right. interesting. right. You know, it is more fun now. I mean, I it, when it was told us it was no fun, but right now it's really fun as far as the uh, going through the the legal or the uh, the law society knowledge. It's easy now, but I'm just going to say it's much better to want to know the truth than it is to want to get out of something. Um, there's a big difference in me. If you're running away from something, if you're just throwing mud on the wall to try to escape some, you know, citation or whatever the word would be, you'll never learn it. Because you just, you'll, you'll end up doing the same things again or being subject to do the same court system again. I really just wanted an answer. Um, I want it to end once and for all. I want a conclusion to their... Uh, misdiagnosis my my yeah, being a broken man or being incomplete or being a, an abortion survivor is what they're calling it now bill you know that you know that congress now is starting to talk about abortion survivors so they can capture that market because if you if, if there's a cut umbilical that umbilical material that was left behind is an aborted vessel so you're an abortion survivor now. Everybody that is now born into that system is going to be called an abortion survivor. Unbelievable what they're willing to do. That's crazy. So i got to be done with that. i, I got to be done with it. But I, I wanted to ask you that question for one reason. Is there are a lot of people that, that think that this is a, a quick fix, and I don't think it is. I think you have to actually know what it is you and I talk about. You have to actually know the root cause of the problem so then you can deal with it directly rather than try to, I call it putting a Band-Aid over melanoma. You know, rather than dealing with a symptom, you're actually ending the root cause. It's, it's not even a cure. I'm not even talking about a cure because if, if you're talking about a cure, you're talking about still an illness that requires a cure. I'm saying that you're getting in front of the very thing. You're getting in front of the disease itself but you never get it. Fertilization the last breath is innocence. It's innocence. Yeah. You don't need remedy. You don't need remedy if you're never broken, if you're never sick. You don't need a prosthetic if your arm has never been cut off or of the limb 
was never cut off. You don't need anything they offer if you're W-H-O-L-E. Oh. Yeah, it's, we should write uh, something together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's. Um, but 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 let's get back to the. Uh, 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 we're on this topic. My, my what I what you asked this question before. Who do I write to? Um. Do you remember that? Did you read that uh, speech that Donahue gave the ICG president? Yes. Uh, to me, she was she was uh, at least uh, sort of. Um, addressing these questions, if not directly speaking um, to us or people like us. Because she was saying, basically in that speech, at the end of it, that with the correct capacity and knowledge, um, they would appreciate an outside perspective of an ad hoc judge on these questions. <laughs> that was amazing. Right. That was what she was basically saying. She was inviting somebody to send their opinions to them. And I think that's, uh, that's one of these very subtle invitations to correspond I don't know how you saw that, or if you have other. Uh, I, I read that exactly. In fact, it's funny because every time I sent a letter, whether it was to the president or the um, in his capacity as president, or the National Security Council chairman, who was also the president, but in in his capacity as National Security Council chairman, uh, um, or even the uh, International Court Justice Judge Donahue that you just spoke of. I always felt like even though they did not address me directly, they definitely addressed the concerns of the letters. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think that that's absolutely uh, – she was definitely addressing the issues that we were talking about. Mm. Um, but she wouldn't say it in a way that could ever be you know, attached yeah. Ad hoc judges. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to point. I've been sending these letters here and there. Um, you know, so many. Uh, when I find interesting profiles of people, you know, be them church officials or government officials, I I basically just write to them pretty directly. Um, and and there's been some couple of interesting responses. One guy, um, I don't remember exactly the title, but he was like, uh, 
I don't remember the title, but I remember I did some research on him. And he was a guy, uh, somebody somewhere mentioned that he was responsible for the implementation of the digital infrastructure, uh, digital identity infrastructure for EU. So pretty, pretty heavy hitter uh, in their organization. Right. And I did send him that, what I call the dream house document, which was describing the, the architecture of the, or um, uh, um, I used their do- own documents, which described the fact that um, the legal personality that is recorded in the population information system cannot be certified uh, for the correctness of the information by the officials themselves. Meaning that they have the record, but they cannot say that that's correct. They need your consent or your acceptance, or they need, in other words, you to identify as it so that it becomes valid. It's all in their own document. Confession. Confession, yeah. So I I wrote that article about it. It's like four pages, whatever. I I think I sent it to you at some point. I don't know if you read it, but but um, I sent that to him. Or no, I didn't send to him. I sent it to one of the uh, commissioners, and then she forwarded that to to this guy. And, and, and he then replied to me, again, thanking me for the information and saying that these are, thank you for bringing, bringing up these, you know, like really important questions. He didn't elaborate at all, but it was like a very nice reply saying that you're absolutely correct and thanks for pointing out these things. But then he had, uh, he, he had the email below it where the commissioner had forwarded it to him. And the commissioner basically said that something like, you know, I need your competence to answer this. <laughs> so, so the, really? Yeah. yeah. So, so the commissioner didn't, they were, she was like, what the hell? And she had to like say that, I, now this is, you know, like, I don't get it and sending it to this guy who was the chief of the whole implementation of the infrastructure. And then he was like, yeah, dude, this is good stuff. Thank you. But, but then, uh, uh, unfortunately it ended there because the, like, he, he was like, okay. So that, that's the, that's the annoying part of this. It's like, we can clearly see that sometimes this land very well. And the way that <clears throat> I think that that alone has a lot of value, because again, it's not a question of I don't expect things to change um, like dramatically on one with one letter. What I'm doing is I'm putting no. them on notice. I'm I'm bringing the knowledge to, to their attention. And especially when they give those replies, 
they are actually confirming that they got the knowledge, which then gives rise to the liability or the constructive trust. So the information just needs to be given to them. And I hope, I really hope that that also creates a lot of internal meetings and discussions because then they would have to start explaining these things to their own people who never thought about it. And that probably creates a lot of internal buzz and, 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 and lights up a lot of light bulbs in people's heads. Well, the question would be, if you received something like this and you were working in that capacity, I mean, would you continue to do something you knew was injurious to everyone? Yeah. I mean, how long uh, do you continue to do what you're doing knowing it's injurious? Yeah, that's the question. And I think majority of the people in their organizations would not want to do that. But they do it because they don't know. Some of them are crazy enough, and they probably promise somebody that they will do it no matter what, you know, for whatever benefit. They made their choices, but 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 not all of them. And I I don't I think that's a very small uh, number of people who who are actually like dedicated to the hoax. Most of the people would, you know, these are genuinely positive reactions. They're like, wow, okay, I never thought of that. And that's exactly what they should be then doing. They should be asking questions internally. How about, and, one last, how about we, we, we reconvene another day, but I want to ask you a, a really, really serious question. And, and this, none of this was serious. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's the one that I, I'm curious about. Do you think that it's possible for just a few people like you and I to actually make or, or, or get the changes um, internally, because it ain't going to happen externally. It's not going to happen. Do you think it's possible to change this system for the better um, using the truth that the way we're using it? Is it possible that all the nasty stuff that everybody's predicting never happens? Because it just moves from one thing to another, more positive thing, let's say, or more um, realistic thing. Is it possible that we can do that? You, you and I, or maybe a few other people. I'm, I'm an optimist. I already know my answer, but I'm wondering if, if you think it's possible. Um, I think it is possible, <laughs> and I think it's it's it's. Uh, Uh, let me say it this way. Even if the odds were really small, I would still keep on doing it. Right. Because what's the alternative? We're talking about reality here. <laughs> so it's not like it's a, it's a choice. And in, 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 in some ways, 
when I see these people who genuinely try to understand, but they just cannot grasp it, and they, you, you see how stuck they are in their belief system, I feel pity. I'm like, I'm sorry that you can't see this, but your beliefs just don't change reality. I can't do anything other about it except try and explain you how this how I, how these things clearly are uh, evidenced by your own papers and your own procedures and your own terms. So the the style is really di- different. I I can feel that my uh, I'm not so I'm not so pissed off anymore. You know. And I'm not really afraid of their rea- I'm not really afraid of their reactions either, because because the 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 ability to explain the reality is getting so good now, um, and the ability to read their texts and see what where they are. Um, uh, um, not concrete and where they are concrete. So where they are misleading and where they are not. So I'm not afraid of the interaction at all anymore. Actually, I'm trying to find um, the people who would dare to have this conversation openly. yeah but but they don't see they don't they don't dare to have it and the problem is that uh, either they don't know or the ones who know they know that they don't have any arguments at the end of the day because it's all belief right so 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 that makes this really powerful it's um we we uh just like their effect that they create is uh, is mental, basically. It means that the change can happen really quickly. So somebody, there was some meme or something that I saw the other day, which was kind of about this topic. It's that imagine how much money is being spent to create this beliefs like in media and education and you know daily so doesn't that amount of effort and money just explain how powerful we are because they need to use all of that effort and money to keep our minds on some track that they want so if that effort is that big that implies that you know when the truth starts sinking in things will change like in a matter of a couple of months because because they are doing everything they can every day for this stuff not to sink in yeah the truth requires no additional energy. Yeah. 
so it's i i really do uh and 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 by the way there's not there's nothing more interesting <laughs> that would occupy you know <laughs> that would that would you know go uh in front of this um it, it's it's such an it's such an you know it's an intellectual um effort that i that i right. in, in a way it, it you have to enjoy it and it's it, it really is challenging and enjoyable of course frustrating and it's horrible when you see what's happening but as the process um it's also interesting and and fun in in a lot of ways which makes it you know bearable and it's also it's also the right thing to do of course that you know sounds naive but that's that's what it is it's the right thing to do yeah it's yeah. especially that's why, that's especially why that's why it is and especially when you see what's happening and why this is important then the choice becomes really clear it's like i said it to somebody the other day i don't remember where but i said that you know now making that choice of not trying to do this would be uh you yeah, that would be the dog returning to the vomit why would i Isn't that the dog returning to the vomit? That's, that's the concept in Bible, right? Yes. For this exactly yeah. same thing. Once you know, you don't return to the fucking vomit anymore. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I, I won't. I won't return. Yeah. I'm not going back there. Me neither. <laughs> So, uh, well, we, we got again. I say this all the time, but we we really need to talk more often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's. Uh, I really do uh, agree, and I appreciate this. Really, um, there's there's I, there's nobody. They, they, I I don't have any anybody to talk with like this. Um, you know, writing the letters and 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 writing on the chats is one thing but when you can really fly over these topics and and know what what we're talking about and the magnitude of this then it you know it it means it means a whole lot you know this is it hasn't been all easy you know in many ways so i really truly appreciate it well call. i i want to i want to end my end of this conversation on this I knew for a fact that you knew you knew what I was talking about when you brought up the accretion. That's when I knew that you knew. And because you were thinking about things that I never thought about. You actually brought to my attention something that didn't dawn on me initially. And so when you said that the maternal part of the afterbirth is an accretion and I looked at that 
in that image in my head and I went, holy shit. He, he's he's it. He, he's a guy. <laughs> he, he, he's looking right at it, and he's speaking of it. And that's the that's that's the conception. That's the church's claim. That's the accretion. And that's it. That's the birth certificated person, the uterine sister. Yeah. That's when I knew you were the guy. So thank you. Oh, that thank you, thank you. <laughs> but it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, I said it before to you that I, this is, uh, in, in one way, this is so weird to me because <clears throat> I, I, I saw those things because um, I've, beca- because of the past of what I've done and what I've read. And, and those things are not entirely my own choices. You know, I I know a lot about the medical industry because I was in it. Right. And I, why? Why? You know, that's why those things click immediately. I. It's just like I could see it. Like, okay, it, it made perfect sense, and there are details that I haven't mentioned that are even more kind of serious. Um, but 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 it just uh, for 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 those reasons, and that's why it's so hard to say. Also, that for some people, that what what do you need to do? What do you need to read? And how much do you need to read? Because the the ability, the 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 meaning, and the relevance of these things that that you you read become they are totally sub subject to your. They're subject to your own experiences, previous experiences, and previous knowledge. So if you start from scratch, you know, something leads you to this. And something definitely led, led, led me to this. And when I think about the things that are relevant to this topic that happened in my life, there are so many, and they start from so early on. Uh, that it's also like it, it really makes me think sometimes that you know could you know what I mean? I do. <laughs> I do. All right, man. So let's 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 let's, let's reconvene, man. Let's figure out a time where we could talk again and. Um, I, like I said, I'm, I'm going to be working on a letter, and I, I'm going to ask permission from you. It'll take me a week or two to write it, but I'm going to send you the letter that I would – my next letter. And I would like okay. you to take what you know, because I think you're an incredible writer, just so you know. I would like you to look over it and see what I missed and and what needs to be added or – condensed or whatever because I'm going to use this letter attached to um, right-of-way because I'm going to be sending, you know, uh, audio along with the transcript, the right-of-way transcript, along with this letter to multiple um, recipients. Okay. Um, and I'm just going to do it, and then I'm going to, I'm going to push it. I'm going to, I'm going to push, push that case along to where I can get my property 
um, or the value of my property completely under my control. And that's it. That's all I want. I want to, I want to know how to do that. I actually know how to do it. I just want the results at this point. I am yeah. tired of the fiction. Yeah. I'm bored. Okay. I'm bored with the fiction. Uh, yeah, and thank you. I will I'm looking forward to that. I'm 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 very happy to to take a look and and add if I can um something and give give ideas um for what it is and okay and, you know how i see it so thank you thank you very much um, okay well let's 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 figure out a time to talk again too but i'm going to be working on this over the next couple of weeks because i want this i want this to go out um and and do what it needs to do for me and my family and then be done with it let all the patriots and all the religious folk you know continue in their struggle or in their sacrifice, and I, I, I just don't have any interest in it whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> I hear is, you laughing over there. Different, <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah, because it is, it is a different, it is a different path. Uh, totally different path. Um, All right, my friend. Let you, you set a time, and Thank let's do you. this again. Okay, I'll email you. Okay. Have a Thank wonderful you. day. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye. Ciao.